Hey guys, we got two bestie homeschooling mamas coming at ya. This is Gail. And I'm Christina. And we have a really fun episode for you tonight. It's fun, but also very specific, I guess would be the word I'm looking for. Um, We're going to talk about adoption and it's going to be my adoption story actually from my son. And we're going to talk a little bit about foster care, but this story specifically will be centered around adoption. We will do a whole nother episode about foster care at some point, just about the Arizona foster care system and what that process looks like and all of those things. But this one's just going to be our adoption story and how we came to be with our kiddo and all of those things. So let's get into it. You ready? Ready. So our son um, came to us at seven weeks old through the foster care system. And I won't get into any of the specifics of his story because it's not my story to tell. And I want to keep the privacy for him and for his biological family who we know and who we love and who we pray for often because without them, we wouldn't have him. So um, we got him when he was seven weeks old and he came to us and we were foster parents and he left our home for a period of time when he was seven months old. And he went to a family member who said that they um, might adopt him. And then that situation changed. And so he did not get adopted by that family member. And he came back to us at a year old, basically three days after he turned one. And we were ecstatic to have him back, but we had also had another placement put in our home while he was gone. So we ended up with two babies and that was hard, but amazing. And so we got him back when he was one and then our son is tribal. And so for those of you that don't know, there is a specific part of the government called ICWA that is kind of in control of the tribal babies, like in addition to the Department of Child Services. So you have to get approval from both to adopt your children once they're released from their biological parents. So we had to get approval from the state and from ICWA. And we were, because we're also a tribal family, which makes that a little bit easier. (laughs) And then we adopted him a little before he turned two. So yeah, so we have had him the majority of his life, but there is still a lot of trauma, unfortunately. And yes, most of it happened before he was one. But let me tell you, trauma is trauma and they will always remember that. It's insane trauma babies. Oh man. Like I want to go to school just to learn about trauma. Like I do because it's so intricate inside of their system. That's our adoption story. That's how our son came to us. Uh, We did start fostering to adopt. That was the point. Um, And our son was the only boy that we fostered. And we did want to adopt a boy. That was our hope. And because we had already, you know, had a biological daughter. And so we were hoping to adopt a boy. And he was the only boy we ever fostered. Because when we started fostering, we didn't want to say, oh, no, we won't foster a girl. You know, because really whatever God has planned, God has planned. You know, who are we? But um, that was our hope. So 
who who are we? But literally, my son looks just like my husband, y'all. She's not kidding. He does. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because the the thing I prayed for when we were going through this process and all the things was, Lord, I just, if you're going to allow this to happen, please bring us a little boy who looks like my husband because our daughter looks just like me. Yes, she's half native, but she is, she looks like a white girl, just a slightly darker version, <laughs> which I know she doesn't love because I'm, I know she wishes she had that really rich, thick native hair, but she doesn't. She's got my thin blonde white girl hair, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Yes. So that's what I prayed for is I know that, I know that that seems silly for the thing to pray for. But I know that that was kind of important to him and he wouldn't really tell me that. So I prayed for that and there it was, there he was, he came and I was like, oh my God, he looks just like you. It's so crazy. So if you saw us on the street, you wouldn't know if you didn't know really, mm -hmm. which is how it is most of the time. Okay, so that's our adoption story. Obviously it's a little bit more intricate. We'll go into some of that with the foster care episode when we get there. Navigating the adoption process, though, for us with foster care, it's considered a domestic foster care adoption. And actually, because it was foster care and because we adopted him out of the system, it's called a special needs adoption. And so in those instances, there is typically some sort of adoption subsidy from the state. And the state also takes care of the adoption payment. So the lawyers that you can contact as a foster parent, you contact them and the family practice lawyers, and they will take whatever payment the state is offering. It's usually, I think, $1,800 to $2,000 as their form of payment for the adoption, which is insane because adoption is very lengthy, lots of paperwork. There's you know, at least I think there was two hearings, but really our lawyer only had to be at the last one, which was the actual adoption hearing. But there was meetings she had to come to at our house and there's lots of paperwork we had to fill out and all the things. But, and then there's a lot of stuff they do behind the scenes with filling it out with the state and, you know, getting the paperwork for us to have so that he's legally ours and all the things. The nice thing about doing it through foster care is that it wasn't any out-of-pocket cost for us. Now, granted, we are taking all the out-of-pocket costs of caring for the child during foster care and all the out-of-pocket costs of raising the child, which we, uh, we took on because we wanted the kid. We just didn't do the domestic private adoption because those can be anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $60,000. Wow at a time and international can be that plus, mm -hmm. which is insane because you think about the, how, however many times you have to travel to wherever that child is. Sometimes they make you stay there in that country for international adoptions. They make you stay there for upwards of 30 days. And then you like, you have to stay in the country with where the child is, not with the child, just there and then see a judge and get the approval for the adoption. So, I mean, you have to find Airbnbs or hotels or whatever. So there's a lot of financial responsibility when it comes to internationals adoptions. While people may think that private adoption is more 
um, selective. One, it's really hard to get selected because there are so many parents on the waiting list, which just just seems crazy to me Mm -hmm. that there are so many people who can't have babies and there are any, at any given time, there's 20 to 25,000 kids in the foster care system. So, you know, that breaks my heart also. Like we did, we did go into foster care just to adopt our son, but we also ended up fostering for beautiful children. So over a course of three and a half years. So it wasn't just to do the things we felt called to do this. And if the Lord brought an adoption out of it, then he did. And he did. There's so many kids in need, but domestic, international, and foster care, those are your types of adoption. There are so many steps necessary for really any kind of adoption that you need or that you want to do. Any of those options I mentioned before, there are home studies, legal requirements, roles of the adoption agencies. So like with foster care, you have a licensing agency, you have your caseworkers, you have your GALs, you have your kids' lawyers, your parents' lawyers, your lawyers. Like there's so many people involved. Same thing is for domestic and international. You've got the country's lawyers if it's international, and then you've got the kids' lawyers, and you've got the lawyer of the parent who's releasing the custody of the baby, all of those things. So, and you have to get a home study. Like if you're going to adopt a baby, regardless to which type of adoption you're having, you have to get a home study, which means people are coming into your home, intruding into your life, and they want to know all the things. They ask all the questions and they will ask all of the questions of your children. So if you have kids already, they will ask them all the things. They did this with our daughter and she was 12 when we were getting licensed and 13 when we adopted. It was nuts. And then... There are lots and lots of resources and things that you can look into if you are interested in becoming an adoptive parent and trying to navigate the process successfully. There's lots of adoption pages on Facebook. There's a ton of websites that we can, you know, link in either in the show notes or on our Facebook page or Instagram um, for you guys, just in case you're really, you know, if you're interested in adoption, you know. It's an amazing journey. It's not an easy one, but it's an amazing journey. So, wow. Thank you for sharing all of that. That is, Gail is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to adoption. So, not something I ever thought I would know about. <laughs> you know, we never know what God has planned for us, right? It's true. So, I have a few questions if you're okay yeah, with absolutely answering. So, you mentioned resources available, but Is there, what kind of support is available for adoptive families? You know, there's more than I think people realize um, if you search it out. Mm -hmm. There are support systems for adoptive families, like the, there's community groups and small groups and support groups, especially in church groups kind of thing. There are specific ones too, like if you have been a foster parent and now you're an adoptive parent, those are really great because I'm telling you guys, unless you've been there, you don't really know. And I know that that's hard to say. And I know that people really try to comprehend and try to understand what you're going through as a foster and adoptive parent. But unless you've been there, it's really hard to comprehend all of the things and the 15 people that you saw that month that were in and out of your house. 
The best way to do it is to find a support group of some kind, whether it's virtual, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's in your, you know, city, but finding a support group and I mean, really Google at that point is your best friend, but of course, making sure that they align with your morals and beliefs for the support, because if they don't, then you're not going to get advice and wisdom in a way that will be helpful for you and your family. Also, there's a really good idea in getting counseling services for yourself and for your children, especially as they get older. And I never recommend you hiding the fact that they're adopted ever. I just, it's really good to just be really open about that. So if you, if they need the counseling, then that's the best way to go about that. But as an adoptive parent, you sometimes need the counseling because I mean, there will be days unfortunately there will be days and you will experience where they'll say, you're not my mom, Mm. you know, and it, that those days suck. (laughs) And it's hard because you're like, um, yes, I am. I'm the one who's here. I'm the one who raised you, you know, I'm the one who chose you. So those things can be hard. And you have to remember too, as a parent that they're just saying the things to get you all lit up. Mm You know, they and know they, what button whether they to were push. biological or adoptive, they're going to do the same. They're yep. going to push the buttons. Uh-huh. So it just feels different. I think if you have not physically birthed that child, and I don't know why, because it shouldn't. But for me, it's hard because I don't, I forget sometimes that I didn't birth him because he's so much like us. Uh-huh. Like he's, it's weird, but he's so much like us. <laughs> I'm telling you that theory of it's caught, like it's taught and caught is absolutely true over genetics. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) I can see that for sure. Okay. So you mentioned that you have communicated with your son's family, right? Well, we did when he was fostering, Mm -hmm. you know, we went to court with them Mm -hmm. and We had to see them there and he had visits with them in the beginning and until everything was severed. Yes. Mm -hmm. So once he, once you adopted him, was that an open adoption or a closed adoption? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Legally, it was a closed adoption, but because they knew who we were and we knew who they were, I mean, technically the information was shared, but it's not like we didn't sign any paper saying we had to share him with them. Like we had to share information. We didn't technically have to share pictures, any of those things. And we discussed with his biological parents that we would like for them to have pictures of him and updates on him and those kinds of things. And if it was appropriate that they might be able to see him as he grows However, that has just not been appropriate um, at this point for them or for him to see them at this point. So, but we have pictures of them with him and we have a Facebook page just for my son that's private entirely and only his biological parents are on there. And so they can see pictures of him um, that we post on there for them just so that they can see him growing and things like that. And so just so it's a little bit more secure and safe. Nobody has any cell phone numbers, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. So 
But yes, adoptions can be open. I don't know if that's anything you guys have thought about. If you're thinking about adoption, if you have, let's say, a teen mom and you guys live in the same town, it might be easier if the parent, the biological parent is wanting an open adoption. Like they just can't raise the child, but they want to be involved somehow. Those sometimes are helpful and beneficial. I know that I've heard adoption stories from people who are now grownups and they're like, I just wish I knew where I came from. Mm -hmm. You know, I just wish I knew what my identity was. Mm -hmm. And I wish that their identity was not held so high in their biologicals. Mm -hmm. I wish their identity was held more in their, their Lord and savior. But you know, I mean, we're all human and that's Mm -hmm. just kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful that we have the information Mm -hmm. and that we have pictures and we have his birth story Mm -hmm. written in a book, like with pictures of them and from birth to when he was adopted. And so he can look through it. And, you know, we, we talk about Tommy mom and bio dad and all the things. And so the day he was adopted, we call that his gotcha day. And so every year we go and have ice cream or something on his gotcha day. It's separate from his birthday. It's separate from all the other things, but it's just like the, we chose you day, you know? And so I think if you start that, if you have adopted somebody and they are young, like before they can understand that that's what's happening, you, I really like, I can't emphasize this enough guys. If you start doing it before they know what's happening, before they can comprehend it, it will never, it will always seem like it's just part of their life, Mm. just like everything else, Mm -hmm. right? Like birthdays or Christmas or whatever. It will just always be implemented into their life and they'll never not know. Mm -hmm. And then when they get to be 16, 17, 18, and they're curious, they'll come to you and ask questions because you've been very open about Mm -hmm. it. And if you don't share the information, and they never know that they're adopted, they're going to be angry. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I promise you that they will be mad. And I don't, I don't tell you that to scare you. And I don't tell you that to judge you or condemn you. I'm telling you that to save you a lot of heartache. Mm-hmm. Are you saying, or do you think that there are issues then with adoption and identity? I absolutely think that there is. Absolutely think there is. And I think that unfortunately for kids who don't know where they come from and have this huge issue with identity and not knowing where they come from, there there's a higher percentage of suicide. Mm. There's a higher percentage of running away. There's a higher percentage of resentment towards the adoptive parents. There's a higher resentment of kind of wandering through the world because they don't have a solid footing of who they are, right? Any information is better than no information for any human being, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are some out there that you just aren't going to have it. I know that. But if they know that they're adopted and you don't know the information, still telling them that they're adopted and that they were chosen is going to be so much better that when they comprehend it, and they start asking questions, you can say, you know what, sweetie, I just don't know. This was a closed, tight book. The state said we weren't allowed to know. 
not because, you know, they wanted, we wanted to hide anything from you, not because we were trying to keep you away from your biological parents. We just weren't allowed to know. And so it's just conversation, conversation, conversation. But the more you have those conversations, the less likely the kid is to be angry, mm-hmm. the less likely they are to struggle with their identity. And I, I think, too, it gives them how they have this sense of self, especially if they're from a different culture. Like our son is native. And so we try and make sure that he knows about his culture identity as well and his tribal identity and all of those things. You know, if your child is a different race, you know, then you need to make sure you're embracing those heritages and, you know, seeking out those connections for those roots and resources and all of those things, because that will help with identity as well. Even if it's not their biological parents or family. That sounds like great advice. Um, What would you say are some challenges that you've experienced? Well, I've had a couple people kind of look at my son and I a little bit strangely, only because we look, him and I look a lot differently, which is really silly in 2023, in my opinion. But, you know, we're at the park or something and, and he calls me mommy and they kind of look over at us like, what? But then like, say, let's say my husband happens to walk up after a few minutes or something and they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Then there's no questions, right? Or I've had people assume that I'm like the stepmom or something. Mm. It's... It is what it is. You know, my son prefers my husband. Like when he's around, he is a daddy's boy. Now, when my husband is gone at work, he loves his mama. He does. But when dad is home for those three days, it is all dad all the time. So if I'm around, but so is my husband, he will hold my husband's hand. He will walk with my husband. He will run with my husband. And I and chop liver <laughs> serious so it just but the the thing about it is is that like there are the the social stigmas which is silly and you know the biological like the bioracial roots and those questions which again in 2023 i don't know why we ask those questions and why it's anyone's business mm-hmm. if i want to share that information i'll share it you know, but otherwise, mind a business, mind a business. <laughs> Where was that from? The Cosby Show? Raven or something? Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is to just be, when you see other people around, you don't know their story. You know, when mm-hmm. you see parents and their kids, mm-hmm. whether it's adoptive, whether it's special needs, whether it's any of the yeah. things, you know, just, I just say, give them a smile. If they look like they're having a hard day, regardless, you know, don't ask questions unless they're offering the information. It's none of your business. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just think that it shouldn't be challenging. And and not not that we're trying to hide anything about the adoption. You know, we're really not. We talk about it in front of him. He's very aware of the situation. We don't share a lot about his biological family because, again, it's not something that is our story to tell, but you know, he has the information when it's, when it's an appropriate time. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah. 
I think you answered all my questions. Awesome. Well, I mean, you guys, if you have questions about adoption or if you have questions about foster care, we'll do an episode about that soon. But feel free to reach out to us in our Facebook page and our Instagram and all the things. If this episode resonated with you or will resonate with somebody that you know is either going through adoption, wants to have go through an adoption, is looking to look into adoption, send this to them. We hope that it's helpful. You know, I really have loved being an adoptive mom. I'm really grateful for the biological parents for bringing my child into the world. It is something that I am constantly thankful for. I'm sad for the situation and how it went and that they weren't able to stay together as a unit, but I'm grateful that the Lord allowed me to be his mom. So that's beautiful. Yeah. So he is hard and a journey. <laughs> journey. Yeah. Like just adoption in and of itself was not a journey I was anticipating, but all of his needs and things were also things that I'm learning and having to advocate for and things I never, ever thought I'd have to learn about. So he in and of himself has been a whole rock my world. <laughs> That's the thing too, when you're adopting, you don't know, mm, right? You know, I guess we never really, I, that I guess could have been part of the challenges. Part of that is when you're adopting, you don't really know either what you're getting necessarily like genetics wise. And not that that should matter one way or the other, because if God brought them here and they're here to be here, there's a reason, but that can be tricky when you start to run into possible delays or developmental issues or autism or, you know, things like that, behavioral mm -hmm. stuff. And as an adoptive parents, sometimes that can be overwhelming. And I encourage you that if you're going through something like that and you're adoptive, you're an adoptive parent or you're a foster parent, don't let that steal your joy. Mm. Yes, it's gonna, it can be hard. Yes, it can be overwhelming because you're like, I, I know I signed up for this, but I didn't sign up for this. Right? Now, I, in all real and rawness, I have felt that on some days. Mm -hmm. I have. In my selfishness and in my... Yeah, in my selfishness, that's really all it is. It's my own selfishness. Because if he wasn't supposed to be mine and I wasn't supposed to be doing the things, God wouldn't have brought him into my home, right? And it's not like that all the time. But there are some hard days where I'm just like, wow. But would you say that about your biological kid that came out of you? No. No, you wouldn't say it. I, would, I didn't sign up for this, right? Yeah. Because God gave him to you the same way, you know? Uh -huh. So it's, it's just, I want to encourage you that if you're having that moment right now, if you're having that frustration or that overwhelm or it's, it's too much, just, you got to just lay it down at the feet of, of the Lord, guys, because he's really the only one who's going to carry it, seriously. And you will get through it and you will be the best advocate mommy you've ever met in your whole life. <laughs> you really will. So, all right. Well, I guess I'm going to pray us out real fast and I hope you guys will join us again next week. All right. Lord Jesus, we just come to you tonight and we thank you for all of these beautiful babies in this world. And I say babies, but I'm talking zero to 18. 
Lord, you know the ones that are waiting and holding their breath to find their forever family. And Lord, I just ask for any of the moms or dads or ladies or men who are listening to this episode and and are contemplating adoption. Lord, if that is what you have laid on their hearts, Lord, I just pray that you will open the doors and the resources that they need to do what you've called them to do. Because those kids are there and they need someone to love them well. And if you have it for them to be there, then I know that you will make it happen. So Lord, I just pray over the potential adoptive families. And Lord, I pray over the adoptive families that are currently living in joy, living in sorrow, living in struggle, living in the day-to-day life that is our world currently. And whether it's all joy or all sadness, we ask that you be there and stand in any of the gaps in your holy and awesome name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, bestie.